Hi, I'm Denzel Mitchell, and this is Main Street Speaks, a podcast about rural news, politics, and history from the perspective of three college students from the Northern Neck of Virginia. Today is the second episode from our new initiative, Main Street Conversations, where we bring you dialogues about the diverse experiences and backgrounds of those that make up our community. For this Main Street Conversation, I speak with local artist Avero Ibanez and his wife, Denise DeVries, who is a local historical fiction author. So people can put us in the map and say, let's go to see the Ibanez Museum and be part of the creativity. And I mean, we have, if we have the source, the income, we have stories to tell and with proof of people coming and create. Averro and Denise currently run the A. Ibanez Museum, an art gallery in Northumberland County, Virginia, that is also open for local artists, musicians, dancers, and writers to showcase their own work. But before coming to Northern Neck, Averro settled in Northern Virginia after immigrating to the United States from Columbia in 1981. Once he received his visa, he started a business that did graphic design and drafted patent drawings for major companies such as Univision. In addition to running his business, Averro worked full and part-time jobs, doing everything from delivering newspapers to designing palaces in the Middle East and helping design various projects for the military. After his drafting business became self-sustaining, Averro began to focus more on his own art. As a result of this, Various companies in the Northern Virginia area began to request Averro's art to display in their buildings. And he also began to showcase the work of other artists he met in galleries throughout Northern Virginia and DC. After meeting his wife Denise at a poetry reading, they both moved to their current home in the Northern Neck and ran an art gallery in Kermonic, Virginia that showcased work from artists from around the world. Averro and Denise moved to Arizona for a short period of time when their youngest daughter started college. But now they are back in the Northern Neck and running the A. Ibanez Museum. If you would like to buy Averro's art, learn more about Denise's books, attend an open house, or showcase your own art in the museum, you can visit their website, www.a-ibanez.org, or their Facebook, Capital A-I-M Kilmarnock. Let's get to the episode. All right. Thank you uh, for sitting down with me, Avero Ibanez. So you run a a art gallery here in Northumberland County, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But where did you grow up, and, and how did you get your start with, with art? Thank you, Dan It's very nice of you to invite us to be part of your project. And yeah, I, I, I was born in Colombia, South America, uh, in the heart of Colombia because the state is called Santander and the capital is Bucaramanga. Uh, I have been painting all my life. I remember since I was able to remember that I always was doing something, some anything to create. 
And when I was uh, seven, uh, I won a contest from Prisma Color, a company that sells colors national worldwide. And Prisma Color had contest for students, and I won the first prize painting the. I used to live in the beach. I paint the lighthouse in my city. And I win a certificate and also a Tennessee Scholars set. So that was my first award. But since I have a very creative family and large family, even though I was the loco de la casa, I used to be the crazy one. So my father, when sometimes introduced himself, ourselves, to his friends, he used to say, here is Humberto, is the architect, he is Carlos, the lawyer, he's this and that, and this and that, and Alvaro is the artist. So he, he you know, that I probably going to continue painting all my life. And, and you came to the United States in 1981? Yeah, yeah. I came to 19, in 1981 because my first wife uh, family used to live here in Arlington, North Virginia. And uh, since I was the mascot of all my uh, oldest brother, who is an architect, uh, friends, that they were successful architects, engineers, uh, they used to hire me to work on their projects. And their projects were uh, involved besides architectural and engineering we do health centers, hospitals, residences, park and recreation. And since I love art, I was very happy doing models for the projects. So in a way I was working as in, like we call self-independent, but also on freelance, freelance work. Um, the family from uh, my ex-wife asked me that they wanted to sponsor me as an interior designer. So I left Colombia to try out my life in the United States. Uh, I was not sure what would be my destiny, but I was very thankful for the opportunity. And uh, I started living permanent in Arlington, Virginia. And months later, I bring my family, my children. My ex-wife came over in, I arrived in, in fall, you know, uh, August 29 of 1991, 81. And then my children came over in December and January. Uh, since I was uh, growing as an independent in Colombia, is what I did in here. I opened my own business. So I was able to get a full of part-time jobs, but at the same time working on my own corporation. And like I say, I being independent, being even 
you're learning how to speak English, at this point, uh, I was able to do mass production of my projects and in some way my contrast or when I was hired to work as a draftsman, uh, most of the hiring was because people see my work. My work speak for me. So that was uh, my connection because at that time I was able to paint my emotions and, and when I was at home, but when I started working, I was working with a company that do military equipment. So at uh, that time, this is a, a funny story because when I had the interview, uh, that was a very strict uh, company with all these details and millimeters specification, you know. Uh, when I had the test to do, see what I can do, the manager said to me that they needed to have a handwriting 30 second lettering, one 30 second of an inch. And I understand that they say that I needed one second writing. So I would start writing like crazy in any kind of signs, except that what they were <laughs> working. So that was kind of funny for them, not for me. But I gave my job, my first job, you know, as a full-time employee. From uh, this, this particular uh, job, uh, I find out my goal was to work in architecture, not in engineering. But, uh, I always try to apply for different places. And I learned about this interior design group company in Washington, D.C., Georgetown. That was very well known at that time, it was practically the best. Uh, and they used to do villas and palaces for Saudi Arabia and Oman and Jordan. You know. So I was involved right away also because uh, since I always save my work when I got the interview uh, I bring my blueprints from the military uh, was no question they hired me right away and they gave me more money than I was making and that was an excellent work I, I, I was doing something that uh, they find me uh, so creative that I was in charge of design carpets, uh, ceilings, and I used to do renderings for presentations of the new remodelation, new projects. So you were designing the big palaces and exactly. big homes. I have to design the Prince Mitava uh, closet that was as big as three storage building, you know, they were big properties. Uh, we had to be involved with designing the moldings, the fabrics, the everything uh, that you can imagine about interior design at that time. I was happy and making more money and I was kind of sophisticated lifestyle. 
but uh, I find some seem very bad from the way how people treat the employees. To give you an example, we were in a, in a conference meeting discussing a project and a young architect gave his idea about the project and the owner's aromatic reaction was to chill him down and fire him. Uh, the, he just tell, go to accounting to pay off whatever and I don't want to see you anymore. And I say, I will not accept that kind of, of attitude to me. So before I lose my temper with the guy, I better resign. So that gave me another opportunity because I used to have my steel running my business, and then I opened a printing business in my basement. So when you were when you first started your business, were you doing prints? Yeah, I was. When I was, I was doing on on. I I used other services that do printing and I used to do the camera ready for them and then I started doing advertisement for newspapers and television. Okay. Uh, at that time I started needed help. I started getting my new draftsman, my new graphic designer and people to help me with the projects. I even did uh, work for uh, Univision at that time it used to be Channel 14 in Washington DC. And I used to design all the graphics for the news. So uh, I designed furniture for the news. Um, and I print everybody's you know, postcard, uh, stationaries, and everything. And while I was doing that, and while I was doing also the interior design, I meet through my ex-wife, uh, one of her employers, that was a patent lawyer who have a, an office close to my house uh, where I live in Fortune City. And he introduced me to patent. He sent me a project to say, can you do this? And I said, yeah, I'll do it. So I started learning the format for patent. And since that company was a very prolific company all over the world, uh, uh, service, uh, we started getting a lot of work. So then my team started growing for that basement. I had people, two, three, you know, selling whatever I can find. And then I was able to find a job from a Navy architect, an admiral. Definitely by doing all of this stuff, I, I was pretty busy, you know. I had a lot of hours. And during my beginning, I even, I mean, if you go to my resume, you see so many things that I do. I used to even have a, a line of newspaper. Uh, I was delivering newspaper. I even have an account where I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to deliver newspaper, and I made more than delivery. In wintertime, I was making sure that that paper go inside the screen door of the client so they don't have to go out and call. So even that the minimal money that I make on each newspaper was compensated 10 and 15 times by the tip. Additional to that, whatever other services I used to do. So we really were working hard, 
making good money and in a way, unfortunately, spend less time with the family. So uh, that was between before between the uh, uh, between the interior design and the military equipment. I used to do those sets. And then when I was in the architecture, I was different because I was doing the patents. And I even hired some of the people that were in the company to do my patents. Uh, definitely most of my uh, draftsmen were architects, engineers, you know. And at that time, we used to do all by ink and pens and pens. Yeah. And not computers. And the quality is supposed to be as good as the computers, you know. So, it was very successful. I mean, it was... It was uh, a lot of work, a lot of responsibility. And uh, we were able to have a wonderful business administrator, uh, Abigail. Abigail was excellent and she helped me to go to the everything in the office. So she was doing uh, uh, communicating with the CPA and all of this stuff and allow me to focus on the arts. So since uh, we have economic power somehow, uh, I was able to meet new artists and new places. And by being so open to talk, I was able to get galleries and I was able to mentor and display art for other people, regardless of their background. I was not looking for people that were master or I wanted people that love art and they want to do something with that and focusing on people that were afraid to display their work because they were not good enough or you know all of this kind of inconvenience that people have because a lot of us wanted to create but they feel uh, embarrassing sometimes because they say oh i am not good oh so I opened the spaces for this type of artist. And at that time, I started doing another collection that have about 46 paintings and that I call New Horizon. And that was a wonderful show. And then I meet everybody and say, wow, this is a wonderful gallery. And I started uh, letting me give a, a open spaces to display other people's work. So the same thing happened when I started going to do Pont Circle in Georgetown and all of these galleries in there. Uh, I was able to open the possibility to display work from other people like this. So in a case we were mentoring and we were sponsoring because when we do these shows we used to pay for everything. We do the advertisement, the printing, reception. I never ask anybody for money. We do it for the good of the arts and the community and also what fun, always have been fun. When we do with my wife, uh, every single open house for slow that it is, we always have a wonderful time. In fact, I meet my wife in an open house, in a poetry reading in Washington. Uh, uh, 
uh, I was invited to an open uh, poetry reading in Spanish. Uh, I went with a couple of my dressmen. Uh, was there a nice-looking young girl <laughs> that I never gave my eyes out. To make the story short, unfortunately, I was not able to talk to her. Only looking at her, and suddenly she left. And the thing is that in order for me to meet her, I make a request to do an open poetry in my house. So she came with her friends. So Denise and I started working. I, she has some projects working for a community in the Spanish speakers. And then she, she from there we start occasionally meeting. But, and I was, people really liked my work. My work was in the headquarters of the AT&T and all of these big companies. So I display in so many places, places uh, that uh, always with my style, you know, my own meaningful way to create. So these were these were pieces of art. They weren't graphic designs for these companies. They no, were they just were pieces of pieces of, of art you were real oils and pastels and yeah, big big pieces and. Uh, that was one of the things that, uh, that uh, we learned and we create, started meeting again and meeting again until when I purchased this property in the Northern Neck was because my oldest daughter that was with me at the time, she came from Florida, everything had her own stories. Uh, she wanted to be a veterinarian. She was into animal science, taking classes, and I say, well, if we need, if she wants to be a veterinarian, we better help her to get a, a farm. And then, well, I normally never like to take the metro, buses. I always like to drive. That particular day, I took the metro to Washington and find the magazine for sale by owner, farms. And whereas when I came to the Northern Neck, I find a very interesting property, and I say, let's see. We have a, we start coming with uh, Denise in 1998, uh, 97 and 98, and then we uh, start getting dating, you know, because I rent a cottage in Wings. And the country became very popular because it was a very popular place, Wharton Grove. Very well known campus, uh, Baptist camp. And after that was a retreat for artists. They used to come from New York, well, celebrities uh, from Philadelphia, New York, well known artists. And it's a long story. And then from that we start bringing from Washington people, poets, writers. And we opened a gallery in Main Street across from the Rapahama Record. Cremona, you know, that tall building in the middle across uh, used to be our gallery, Sunrise okay. Studio Gallery. And the gallery, we started moving 
every month a different show. We bring people from Northern Virginia, uh, from Florida, you know, different type of work, sculptures, you know, from Russia, from Italy, from Spain, from Cuba, from so many countries, same type of people that we used to sponsor in Northern Virginia and Washington. So for this place was something unique. Because normally when you go to galleries, the northern was all related to water, you know, yeah, natural So in this gallery, we used to have the poetry, that is, uh, poets and writers just coming and follow. Uh, we don't have as much popularity, but, but, uh, but the good thing is that we were able to sponsor people. Yeah. We don't make the money, but we let him, other people to make money. We were able to to uh, let them, the the community know more about them. You know, it's too bad that we have so much story. The other we use it also for an open house. Uh, uh, musicians came over to play. The art teachers and music teacher used to bring their students for rehearsal. I have a collection that one collection alone have a hundred pieces, you know, and they tell the story. The, the other hundred pieces tell the story about Saudi Arabia, interior design group. That you were working with in yeah. Virginia. Yeah. So I had another collection when I was doing the military stuff. I had another collection when I was doing the Calebra that you know, you, I, you teach you about the Finnish. Yeah. I had a collection of the I mean, I have about maybe 15 collections that require 15 buildings. Now, I wish we can find somebody with funds that they don't have any idea how to, what to do with their money to come in and say, hey, let's put this together. It's a good thing for the community, because especially for the Northumberland County, because uh, his bill have a, a lot going on in there, uh, but also it's not as bad. One of the things that, that his bill show, besides the water uh, access and the uh, museums in his bill and, and all of this, the hotel, Grace Hotel and all of that, is the Hewlett Point Park, the preserved parks here yeah. and the Damerange Park. But that's it, but we are close too. So people can put us in the map and say, let's go to see the Ibanez Museum and be part of the creativity. And I mean, we have, if we have the source, the income, we have stories to tell. And we prove of people coming and create. Or we use the BNB now because the park and the R now. Before it used to be because people came because the BNB and the park. Now people are coming because the art and the activities, the poetry that, that you're doing here. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. So what are some of the things um, that that you're doing here? I mean, just so you know, just so people can know. 
every um, every month we have an open house so people can see the art and hear Alvaro's stories, but we also have a writer's component. component. So um, tomorrow we're having a local historical fiction author come and tell about his sixth book. And um, most of his books are set in the Northern Neck and they're... Um, the time period of his most recent book is the Great Depression. So we decided to just work with local authors right now and just historical fiction. The next month is in October. We're, uh, we're going to have um, Sean Gates here on Saturday, and he'll be telling us about his second book, which is also historical fiction, but it's set um, late, later in the 20th century. So he's, he'll be here next month, and then in November um, we have a writer from Richmond who was one of the first people to visit one of our open houses when we came back. And uh, he also writes historical fiction, and I'll be reading from the new book that I'm working on. All right. And what, what book is, what is your book? About? My book is called Sweet Tea and Vinegar Pie. Uh, it's also set in the Northern Neck in 1932. And it's about a Baltimore teacher who retires and moves to Virginia so she can save money for right. a trip to China. When are you going to be finished with It'll that? It'll be mm -hmm. ready um, November 15th. November 15th. All right, so pretty soon then. Yes. Yeah. One thing that is really important is that during this process, we took a break and went to Arizona. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we went to Arizona was because we were visiting colleges. Uh, with Delia, the youngest, uh, she was interested in the choreography and the dance program, and we introduced, she introduced us to Arizona, and we fall in love with Arizona. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. place. I opened a new gallery in Kelfry, and I had shows right away in Washington. I had several proposals for Phoenix, big projects, murals, you know, all of this stuff. Uh, that was not easy to get, but being a a good helmet to create and create and create. Unfortunately, uh, we ended found an extraordinary place, but we can never have what we have in here. When we were there, we were in a place that was a lot of population, a lot of things going on, but the thing is that you can be in the center of a big place, but you can be lonely too, because people pass through and never, they never see you. While here in the Northern Egg and where we are, we have the opposite, because people, you know, people coming for an appointment, for an interview, they don't, it's not a, a road go away. You know, they have to come in here and go back. And this is why we are getting more popular, because people are are uh, no oh it's an event in the museum and the art Ivanis art design poetry music then is going to cooperate because she's going to bring some dancers and choreography she had a lot of she's still you know just getting out of college and she's still planning what she wants to do but we are open for her anytime so she can travel all over the world and create and bring people from all over the world to the Northern Neck. Yeah, like you were doing 
when you first moved here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. This is a yes. good a good example. And I see the northern neck uh, need to the 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 administration and the government and the staff. Uh, I wish they can come in and see us because this is an asset to the community. We are not. It's free. So we start putting the buildings together and the collection together. We had to ask for a small donation for maintenance and repair. And I hope people can start buying art because, first of all, it's a unique piece. They don't see this any place. You know, you are witness that are completely different than what you see in other galleries. You know? And each one has a story to tell. I think it's, it's good for you to allow people to hear us a little bit and also for them to understand that this is a place that's called home and also it's called the promised land, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they had to visit and they need to and yeah. people can do events here. They events, can talk to yeah. us about doing something, you know, family friendly, free of charge, no politics. Uh, it should be about art or creativity. creativity in some way. And how can like what would be the what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Website. We have the Facebook page that has all our contact information. And okay. the and by phone, by testing, you know, I never answer a call from phone that I don't know, but somebody tests me and say, hey. And we are encourage other uh, artists and creators to do their own uh, 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 workshops. Mm -hmm. We let them, we rent this space for them. And they do the activities. We're making sure that all that is needed for the event is here. And, and I can still design somebody's a house. They want. I know a license to build, but I, as a, a graphic designer and architect designer, I definitely can uh, design a house for somebody and do all the legal documentation, prints everything based on the instruction of the owner so they can build their own unique house. We need people that wanted to be in a unique place designed by a unique designer. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing that we have in common is that we want to help other people tell their stories too. I do it through writing and he does it through sponsoring artists and um, it's kind of our mission to help people tell their stories. Again, that was local artist Avero Ibanez and his wife Denise DeVries, a local historical fiction author. If you'd like to learn more about the Ibanez Museum, visit their website a ibanez.org or their Facebook, capital A-I-M, Kermonic. Thanks for listening. I'm Denzel Mitchell. This is Main Street Speaks, and I'll see you next time.